Hi, I'm Barbara Best. I'm an expert in the field of remote administrative support, and our topic today is how remote support and growing teams happens in the context of a nonprofit. My guest today is Monica Cohen, the co-executive director, organizational development at Dandelion Dance in Ottawa. Welcome, Monica, and thank you for joining me on this podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Barbara. It's, uh, I love talking to you about these things, so I'm really <laughs> excited that you asked me to join you. Oh, great. Let's jump right in. So, Monica, tell me, how, uh, how does remote support happen in your organization? What's going on today? How are you doing it? So there's um, a couple of different ways that we um, are engaging remote support um, for our organization. I mean, first off, I'll say, like, we're an entirely virtual organization. Mm-hmm. Um, we run programs for girls that support their leadership skills and well-being um, here in Ottawa. And for those, we run them at various locations throughout the city, and we rent space to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't have, um, you know, a bricks-and-mortar location for an office. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, what that means is, you know, we work virtually in almost everything that we do in terms of the um, operations and the planning and the management of the organization. Um, Mm -hmm. And one thing that we're doing is we're growing. Um, I made a decision, you know, quite some time ago that it didn't make sense um, for us to look to hire staff um, in certain functions because we, you know, our need for certain functions like, um, you know, some financial support or administrative support, um, customer support, social media, um, you know, bookkeeping, those are things we only need a few hours of um, support in a given month. And it Mm -hmm. also cycles a lot throughout the year. Um, And I'm actually a really big believer in hiring people that are really good at those kinds of functions to do those things. (laughs) Yeah, of course. And so, you know, so they are going to, you know, if you you outsource it, yeah, they're charging more per hour if they're a freelancer or if they're somebody that's working as a virtual assistant, but you get better work and you get Mm -hmm. better results and it's actually more cost effective and efficient for us overall. So we have a virtual assistant um, that has now been with us for over – for almost two years, mm-hmm. and she does a range of work for us in terms of helping to, um, like she's our front-facing um, uh, customer service, sort of like email management, and, you know, she's out there responding to people who are interested in finding out more about our programs. Um, mm-hmm. She is the person who also um, takes care of our social media, um, so she does the posts, um, and she develops a strategy, and she and I work on that together, and then she implements. Um, and actually, she's, you know, so good at so many different things that she's now working um, with us on, like, you know, some basic bookkeeping and, you know, functions that we, um, on a financial management end, need support with. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all of that plus the administrative support. But even then, um, you know, like we're looking at, like, like 20 or 25 hours in a month for all of those mm-hmm. things because mm-hmm. our organization isn't big enough to need more than that mm-hmm. combined mm-hmm. with, you know, so being able to find that virtual assistance um, was a godsend. It's perfect, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And she's been able to grow with us because when she mm-hmm. first started, we were doing like, you know, five or seven hours a month. So yeah, that's what we absolutely. had the budget for, right? Yeah. And so we can grow it, um, you know, and um, there isn't that same kind of an obligation that you do have to somebody if they're an employee and you want it unique to treat them well. It's really important to treat them well. But mm-hmm. I'm not in a place where I can say, you know, hire somebody that's going to just do the finances and have a need just for that. So, Mm -hmm. 
Um, so we have that remote support in the form of our virtual assistant and, and social media specialist, and that's one person who does those two things really well. Mm-hmm. And as we grow, she's learning and taking on other things. Mm-hmm. And then we also have um, somebody that we contract um, to take care of our, you know, website, IT support, and graphic design. So she, um, you know, um, provides services in all three areas. Mm-hmm. And again, that's not something, like, we're not big enough to have somebody on staff mm-hmm. that does mm-hmm. only those things. And I mean, I think it's probably pretty common for most organizations to contract out IT yeah. and website yeah. support and graphic design. But it's really mm-hmm. in the virtual assistant side where people don't, I think people are thinking about that more, um, which is great, um, mm-hmm. and uh, it's so awesome that there that that there are so many more people out there thinking about doing this as mm-hmm. their own businesses. Yeah, well, I've been doing this for 16 years, and I it, I've hit my stride. This is where I thrive in what I do. Mm-hmm. Yes, I manage a company of 12 service providers, but I started out doing what your virtual assistant does. And mm-hmm. that's doing the whole back office thing. And I've come to realize that it's really what I like to call pure work. In other words, you as the employer, you're paying only for the work that the support person provides. You're not paying for their vacation. You're not paying for their yeah. coffee breaks. You're not paying for lunchtime and all this stuff. You're only yeah. paying for the services that you incur. So yeah. it's very efficient and very cost effective. So I also want to know, uh, Monica, from your perspective, are there any challenges you've come across in hiring remote support? Not necessarily from a skills perspective, but maybe from the res- perspective of being remote. Is there any challenge with uh, bringing um, on people remotely? There are. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the first thing is, is like I think a lot of people do feel like, okay, well, how do I know if I'm not seeing this person face-to-face, mm-hmm. right? It's yes. the general sort of thing. How do I know that they're really yeah. doing? And that's a, that's a trust question that Absolutely. you have to build over time. And, yep. you know, the truth is, is I've, you know, I've worked in a lot of traditional office environments where there's people that look like they're doing a lot and they're not, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think... I, I think that there is, you know, that kind of a concern that um, people might have at the forefront of their minds, but that's mm-hmm. something I don't get too hung up on. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, for us, it's, sometimes it's just the more practical things. Like, so, for example, um, you know, as our virtual assistant is, um, you know, helping us to be able to manage um, a lot of our bookkeeping and she's mm-hmm. supporting with, like, management of, like, you know, files and things like that, we do still have to be able to meet or find mm-hmm. some way to get, like, paper records to her, right? There's certain things. Sure that we actually just still have to do by paper, Um, you know, and so, you know, like, you know, we don't live, uh, like her home office is in a very different part of the city from my home office. We also have very different, um, you know, schedules and we're always balancing different um, Mm -hmm. obligations. So Mm -hmm. it just means it takes planning sometimes to do like the simple things, right? So I can't just walk down the hall and, you know, hand something to her. Like it does take getting some systems and things in, uh, putting them in place so that, Mm -hmm those kinds of functions that are important to make sure, like those sorts of things that need to be done day to day, um, that you've got systems to take place, um, uh, you know, the kind of usual way of just like walking uh-huh. down and putting it in someone's inbox. Like you can't yeah. do that. Right. Um, you exactly. know, so those are, but they're not insurmountable, right? You no, just have to think about it. Yeah. Um, and then um, the other thing is, is like, you know, I like just like, where do we store everything? Right. So there's, you know, things that, you know, she and I have developed a system where there are certain kinds of files and certain things that I need 
as an executive director. Um, you know, and then there's other things that she's keeping that are like things that I don't need. And frankly, we're just going to pull them out once a year for our audit, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, and so, absolutely. You know, so we've learned those systems and we've taken care of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, but it does mean that, like, you know, I have to know that that person has the available storage space in their home office because I know they're managing a bunch of different clients, right? Mm-hmm. And it's important to be it, – it sounds like such a mundane thing, but actually it's a pretty big thing after a while. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, and, uh, you know, there's always, like, you know, technology is uh, not always going to work in our favor. It's getting right. better and better and better. Yeah. Um, but, you know, even up until two or three years ago, like a Google Hangouts call or like Zoom or whatever, like it is so great to be able to do video conference. Like mm-hmm. I, I absolutely love being able to do video conferences with people mm-hmm. to meet with them that way. You mm-hmm. can share screens and all of that. But sometimes it doesn't work. Right. Um, and sometimes it's yeah. actually just you do have to get together face to face. There yep. are certain things I think you can't do that way. Yeah. Um, but again, I don't think these are insurmountable challenges. Mm-hmm. It's just a different way of, of working. Yeah, I agree. And if both parties are open to possibility, what can we do? How can we solve whatever? If both mm-hmm. parties are up for it. Yeah. Why not? Mm-hmm. It's more efficient mm-hmm. to do it that way for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, on that same vein, we talked earlier about growing teams by working with people's strengths, treating them well and being human. What's your take on that, Monica, in a remote workspace? I know we have to work at it a little bit harder because humans are wired to be face-to-face. But yeah. here in 2020, we've got all this great technology, as you just mentioned, video conferencing and so on. Um, what do you think about building uh, building teams in a remote workspace? What's your take on that? So you know what I think is really interesting about it is um, I think that when people are able to work remotely, and especially when you start to look at certain functions in organizations mm-hmm. as functions that you don't necessarily have to have in-house, but you can outsource, mm-hmm. um, you have an opportunity then to really and truly be able to allow the people that are quote unquote in house mm-hmm. focus more on what it is that they do best and what brings them to work every single day. Mm-hmm. We're all going to have to do things that we don't want to, right? Like yeah. every single one of us has to do things yep. we don't want to. But I really think that people are at their best when they feel, it sounds so obvious, but I don't think that people really think about this when they're going to university or people mm-hmm. are in high school and you've got career counselors. Like, what actually motivates you at that fundamental emotional level to get mm-hmm. up every single day mm-hmm. and show up and um, do your best at whatever it is that you are doing for work or an occupation or your mm-hmm. career or your studying? You know, like I, um, I know from personal experience, like, you know, that there are a lot of things that I'm very good at, but that I um, don't, I don't find it motivating, for example, to sit at a desk mm-hmm. day in and day out and, mm-hmm. um, you know, do work writing um, legal briefs. I have a background as a lawyer. Like that mm-hmm. is not actually motivating for me. I like right. to be out. I like to be talking to people. I like yeah. to be working with people. I like to be doing things where you're building something, you're imagining possibilities, and um, I love things that feel more creative than that to me, not to mm-hmm. knock legal work. I think it's really important work, and I still yeah. do some of that. But yep. it's, um, but it was just like, you know, it's not motivating for me to go into an office every day and just sort of like, like me and my 
research and my computer and this you know memo that I'm that I'm drafting or, or whatever, um, and you know and so I had to um, really learn for myself like what motivates me to get up and 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 be really um, uh, like have energy in mm-hmm. my work, mm-hmm. and what I think is really cool is that you know when I first met our virtual assistant that we use at Dandelion, she loved she loved setting up systems. She mm-hmm. loves organizing things. <laughs> yeah, she I can relate to that. <laughs> and I, and, and truthfully, I am so grateful that I met somebody who's so passionate about it that she set up her business. And this yeah. is what she's doing to support yeah. small organizations mm-hmm. or, you know, organizations that just don't need somebody that's going to be doing administrative work 40 hours a week because there just isn't enough of it. Yeah. But this is what she's passionate about. So rather yeah. than going somewhere and working in a role where maybe she's on paper full-time, but maybe she also has to end up twiddling her thumbs, mm-hmm. you know, for some of that yeah. time because the truth is is they don't have enough work, you know. Right. Um, you know, like, I, I think that, like, that is, like, she is, she always shows up at her absolute best. And, yeah. um, you know, and, and in working this way and as I'm able to grow, you know, Gandelion as an organization and we grow our budget, um, you know, it gives me space then to be able to focus on the things that give me the most motivation yes. and that get me the most excited mm-hmm. um, about what I do best. And I do the same for all of, you know, we definitely have staff, right? Like we have employees yeah. that actually mm-hmm. deliver our programs. And it also in this process of realizing that we would be able to use remote workers and virtual assistants like it was like okay so you know there's a lot of things that like a lot of my teaching staff had to just pull into their hours what this means is that we can um we've been able to you know transition a lot of that work to the virtual assistant who loves helping us with it Mm -hmm. and then they can focus more on the teaching the community outreach building partnerships working with me on those things that like are going to grow our impact Mm -hmm. so this is this is where, like, being human to me is, like, recognizing yeah. that people are motivated at an emotional level, mm-hmm. and there are people who love to do different things. Yeah. And if there's different ways of building a team or, um, you know, being able to give work to people that break out of those traditional molds that I don't think, you know, recognize really the way that people truly work and operate at an emotional level, um, we should do that. We should work mm-hmm. with how human beings actually are, yep. not try to force them to work against their nature. Their I fundamental agree. Nature. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially in today's information economy, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, there's a line there or maybe not so much a line anymore between technology and being human. I think yeah. we've evolved to sort of use technology to a human's advantage and we're just finding our way now. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's fascinating stuff. Um, you mentioned, and one thing I love that you said when we talked about early, talked earlier, you said keeping the best people means going beyond the nine to five ass in seat mentality, which I think is just great. <laughs> can, can you elaborate on that? What What do you mean yeah. exactly? I just I just love how you said that. What What does that so, mean for you? It is entirely possible in many work environments to show up Mm -hmm. and look like you're there, but not really be there. It is totally possible to do that. I really am so much more interested in what people deliver on my Mm -hmm. team Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. than the amount of time that it took to get them there. That that doesn't mean. I mean, like, look, my virtual assistant she builds us by the hour. That's our that is our arrangement. That's right. Thing. Like that's, yeah. You know, absolutely. Sort it out. Yeah. But um, you know, but I genuinely all I care about is you know that when I set a deadline or I say we need something and she tells me is it workable? Is it not? What I care about is the result that I get from it. And, yes. you know, is it amazing? Does it meet my expectations? Does it surpass them? You know, that is what I really and truly care about. And mm-hmm. um, when it comes to the people in our organization that are employees, I very much treat it the same way. You know, everybody's on a part-time salary. And, you know, we've done that in recognition of the fact that, um, you know, the hourly model doesn't really work for our organization because we're growing and things mm-hmm. are changing. And sometimes my staff need to go over a certain number of hours in a given week, mm-hmm. but other times they don't need to work that much. And I, frankly, from an administrative perspective, it is crazy to mm-hmm. be, um, you know, trying to, uh, you know, make like people who are working to grow and build something and are very, very well educated, have a set of very professional skills, you know, for me to tell them, okay, well, you're working 10 hours or 12 hours or 16 hours in a week right now, and I expect you to be working from your home office between, you know, 8 to 5 every single day, um, you know, of those days that you're working for Dandelion. Like, that's not going to work. They are mm-hmm. balancing this with other projects. They are professionals. Yeah. Like, these are not high school students. These are not mm-hmm. even university students. These are women who are looking to build a career working mm-hmm. in girls' well-being. And mm-hmm. they balance this with other work that actually makes them really damn good at the work yeah. they do for us. Yeah. So, you know, I recognize that means that sometimes they're taking on consulting gigs. Sometimes they are taking on, you know, a special project. Sometimes mm-hmm. they are, um, you know, doing things, you know, frankly, outside of work where, you know, they need some support to balance with kids and family. And we have a level of trust where we focus on setting deadlines. Absolutely, I ask them to track their hours, you know, mm-hmm. to see how are things working. Is mm-hmm. the, you know, salary that we're offering, is that, um, you know, a fair reflection of how much it is that you are putting into the job? Like, what do we need to adjust? But, you know, I really do think if they need to get something done between 9 p.m. to midnight on a Tuesday night because they had to take their kids to the doctor, you mm-hmm. know, um, because there's, you know, they're, they're not well, that's okay. That is, yep. that is, and I want to be able to support them. In, I don't want them working 9 p.m. to midnight. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes yeah. things happen. And yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, and so it's up, like, I do think that people have to be treated like adults and, mm-hmm. you know, be given the um, flexibility to manage their lives in mm-hmm. ways yep. that um, really recognize, again, that we are human beings. And, yeah. um, you know, uh, we just, the world just doesn't work that way anymore and it doesn't have to so no, like, that's let's right pass it. yeah that's right we're not punching time clocks anymore yeah right? yeah, yeah exactly exactly <laughs> and you know and, the, and you know the other thing is is you know I think we really have to put an end to this idea that somehow everybody's brain is just on between the hours of nine to five nine and five it's absolutely just, yeah truthfully, I wake up a lot of days five thirty in the morning I often have put in a half day's work um, by the time that most people have gotten into their office, gotten their coffee, and they've settled yeah. down. 
right? Yeah, and great. it's because that is like I am. It's like my brain's awake. It's on. It's on fire. And um, mm-hmm. and then you know, and then I hit my like dead slump at like two o'clock. And if I can yeah. frankly go grocery shopping at that time, that is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that is great. Yeah, I agree. I so do the same thing. Efficient. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Do you have any final words for us, uh, Monica? What What do you want to say? What's going on? Well, you know, this whole human thing. I genuinely, I really think that, um, you know, anytime if you're in a leadership position Mm -hmm. and and you're finding it hard to let go of the idea that people should be able to manage their schedules to some, you know, to a greater extent. Um, that people should be trusted to deliver on results. Like, mm-hmm. you've got something on your own end, probably, that needs mm-hmm. to be worked out. You know, like, um, you know, I'm not saying that it isn't important to build that trust and know that you've got that trust in the team. Um, but, you know, you know, we resist change, like, if, you know, because we're afraid of something, you know, we feel like we have to keep control somehow. Um, and I don't, I, I, I think it's really worth looking at, ourselves if we're not willing to try to do things differently that just reflect the fact that we're all people Mm -hmm. um you know and if we're not willing to get with that especially with the opportunities that technology does give us now like this Mm -hmm. isn't this isn't something that is like well we just can't because you know everybody has to do things on typewriters yeah like like, this is not how we are anymore so you know if you're if you're not if you're you know not able to, to, to allow some more flexibility and allow people to balance their, oh, by the way, that's my dog. Uh, that's okay. so one of the other challenges working virtually yeah. is that sometimes people have a tough time uh, <laughs> setting up a home office that's entirely, you know, full, but whatever I used to have. You know, uh, you, sometimes you deal with the annoying coworker down the hall. So there we go. So this is the trade-off of my furry little friend. Yeah. But um, it's so yeah. real, though, Monica. Yes. It's oh, so yeah. Human. Absolutely. Yeah. And he's yeah. doing a good job of guarding the home office. That's all he's of doing. Of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but, but, you know, I, like, I, I think that if people aren't willing to change um, and they have an opportunity to make those calls wherever it is that they're working, like, I think it's worth asking, you know, just, you know, anybody asking ourselves if we are leaders and we are worried about trying something different, like what, what is it, right? And if it's genuinely, like, you're just not sure about the trust issue or you're just not sure if, you know, there's a fear around things, like, you know, there there are so many opportunities to do things differently and better mm-hmm. and more efficiently, and it's worth taking a bit of a leap of faith on it, I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, just Absolutely. try. Yeah. Just try. Yeah. And I think they're going to have happier people working for you as well. Yeah. Yeah, more productive people for sure, because they're mm-hmm. probably in their environment. They're in their element doing what they do anyway. And yeah, exactly. And just be that alone, they're going to be happier and, and more productive for their clients. Yeah, for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So in closing, thank you, Monica, for your insights. It's been wonderful. Um, tell our listeners a little bit more about you, what you do, why you are, and who you do it for. Tell us about yeah. Dandelion Dance. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, Dandelion um, is an organization that was um, founded formally as a charity and nonprofit back in 2012. Uh, it was founded by a woman named Hannah Beach, who has spent um, 20 years of her life um, building experiential education programs for children and youth. And so she had developed a very specific kind of program for girls and young women from all walks of life, all abilities, all, you know, experience levels. And it's all about using um, movement, the body, and the creative process for girls to be able to discover their own voices and put their own ideas out into the world. So the program is not actually at all about technique. Um, I mean, they learn a lot of different, you know, techniques from our um, from our facilitators, but it's actually about discovering um, their own ideas and who they are and learning how to take creative risk and put something out into the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really think of it as this beautiful balance between, you know, real, like it's art making um, and it is, um, you, you see um, these girls and young women just taking delight in realizing they've got capacity beyond maybe what it is that they're able to explore in their everyday mm-hmm. lives in other ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think wow. there's something really powerful when girls and young women also have opportunities to be able to move their bodies in different ways and mm-hmm. actually just stand up on a stage in front of an audience and be like, this wow. is who I am. Like, and, you know, in a culture wow. where there's all this pressure to look a certain way, especially yes. when you think of dance. Right. And the the best part is that they all think of themselves truly as dancers. And I think it it just it it is just it's such a like, you know, a dancer, like, you know, being a ballet dancer or being, you know, these are all beautiful art forms, but they all bring to mind a certain kind of body and a certain Mm -hmm. kind of um, standard of beauty. And, you know, when our young women come together and they support each other to create things and move their bodies and then showcase their work to the community, mm-hmm. um, and people are just so moved by it, like, it, yes. really, it really challenges that fundamental notion of who deserves to be seen and heard. Yes. Um, especially when it comes to young, girls and young women. Yes. So, you know, I, I am, I've been working alongside the founder, Hannah, to um, build out the organization. I do all the work on the development side. So everything from um, strategic planning to the fundraising and communications. And because um, I'm not the program expert, I'm, you know, but I'm, we work together hand in hand to build this. Mm-hmm. Um, and she and I both balance it with other, you know, other projects that we do. I do strategic planning and governance consulting. Consulting. Um, apart from that, but you know, Dandelion is really it's wow. it is my baby, and I I am mm-hmm. so excited that it's you know 2020. It's eight years mm-hmm. later. It's here. Yeah. I've been involved since 2016, yeah. and I cannot wait. Um, I've got this sort of like vision 2022 in my mind, like the 10 year anniversary. <laughs> yeah. Where yeah. will we be? So we will. Yeah. Have, we've got we've got big plans to, to bring this so kind of an empowering. opportunity to more girls. Yeah. 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 So thank you for letting me talk about that. Oh, no problem. Uh, just quickly, what's the website and your email address if people want to get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, our website is dandeliondance.ca. So mm-hmm. dandelion, just the way that the flower is spelled. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And my um, email address is monica at dandeliondance.ca. And I would love to hear from any of your listeners. Oh, thanks very much, Monica. And a big thanks to you, uh, dear audience, for listening to us and wishing you a fantastic day. Thanks so much. And thank you for putting this out there into the world and getting people thinking about how to make better workplaces. Yeah. Yeah, it's been great. Thanks, Monica.